You're listening to the Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host who is joining you today just a little bit subdued as some pretty big news broke today in the NBA, and specifically in New York. And if you're not familiar, uh, have you opened your eyes or the internet over the past 24 hours? I don't know. But if you do not know somehow, Kristaps Porzingis has been traded from the New York Knicks to the Dallas Mavericks for Dennis Smith Jr., Wesley Matthews, DeAndre Jordan, a first-round pick or two. We also sent Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and Trey Burke to free up a ton of cap space, and that is the hope that that cap space will turn into true star players in New York. Joining me today on the podcast is a fantastic guest for this conversation. His name is Christian Winfield. He's an NBA writer for the Knicks, Nets, and around the league for SBNation.com. You can find him on Twitter at Chris Splashed. Chris with a K, so K-R-I-S, Splashed. Check him out on Twitter. He keeps you up to date on all things Knicks, Nets, and NBA, and a great food follow if you're into that sort of thing as well. But we we do it all. We talk about the goods and the bads, the best-case scenario, the worst-case scenario, to be upset with Chris Dobbs, to be upset with the organization, to trust Perry and Mills to expect KD and Kyrie or to not and we really do uh, a full discussion here of what this trade means for both sides the Knicks the Mavs the rest of the NBA what can happen moving forward and absolutely how huge this summer is going to be so on the SBNY podcast check it on iTunes Apple Podcasts all that stuff where you listen to your podcast hit a rating hit a review drop in your Porzingis trade take because I've heard it all I've heard people with the most negative of looks. I've heard people with very positive looks. But hopefully we're here to provide some clarity. Me and Christian Whitfield on the SBNY podcast. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. You might be a little depressed. You might be a little excited. I've heard a lot of both from all the fans around New York on sports radio, on Twitter, all that in regards to this crazy Porzingis trade that went down Thursday afternoon. And thankfully, I have a fantastic guest joining me today in a moment. He's going to hop in. His name is Christian Winfield. I'll get to him in just a moment. But don't forget, this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, app, Google Play, SoundCloud. If you're listening to me right now, you might know that already. But what you might not know is we're also simulcast on Team Left Jab Radio. You can find Team Left Jab Radio on Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find them. Nice partner having them in. You might see Team Left Jab. You say, what? Boxing? You see, What is that about? Well, they just wanted to add some New York sports content, some national sports content. Reach out to us, and we're happy to give that to them. But without further ado, my guest for today, as this stuff is all breaking down, I'm on Twitter. I'm like, I need to talk to somebody good, somebody with a wealth of NBA knowledge, a New Yorker, someone who knows the Knicks and the Nets, knows this town, knows this market. And I saw this guy tweet. We've talked in the past. I had to get him on. Christian Winfield, my man, thank you for spending some time with me on this Thursday night to walk us through this crazy trade. But first off, how are you doing, my man? Man, I'm just glad to be inside and not outside where it's probably somewhere between 2 and 7 degrees. Uh, it's not it's not cool out there, but it's a, it's 
it's a lot warmer in here. Thanks for having me on, man. We're gonna we're gonna have fun today. Absolutely. And the only thing that makes me feel better about this cold is seeing like Instagram videos of people in Chicago right now, where the lake looks like a day after oh, tomorrow. Like yes. that. That's the only thing that makes me feel better right now. Yeah, they're probably upset that I'm even complaining about what is it, whatever it is outside, eight degrees. They're probably like eight degrees. It's it's negative twelve over here. You guys got it easy. <laughs> we don't even uh, have but... any degrees to give. We lost all our degrees. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is true. Oh man! Well, Christian, you can find him on Twitter at Chris Splashed, which is K R I S Splashed. Chris Splashed, just how it sounds. <laughs> find him on Twitter. Great follow. Uh, not only great Knicks, Nets, and NBA content. I will give you this, Christian, some great food content from your account as well. Thank you, thank you. We just cooking on this side too, man. <laughs> so got to be well rounded in everything you do. You feel me? Of course, and we have a lot of things to turn over as we discuss on this SBNY podcast episode today. Uh, that we're I don't want to just like jump into anything too crazy right now. So let's start off with the simple stuff. Where were you at? Like, what was going through your mind? What were you like physically doing? Because depending on where you are and what you're up to, like you can either lock in right away or you can get totally distracted from something else you're doing. Where were you when this Porzingis uh, news broke? And then within that hour where the trade happened, because it was a whirlwind for me, I know. Well, uh, let's see. I was on. I was in the city uh, earlier in the day, and I had to take the L train uh, into Bed-Stuy, Bushwick area. And I parked over there, and I'm walking to my car. My phone goes up, and I ignore it for a little while because it's so cold. You know, no one wants to take their phone out and, and start looking at it. So I was just walking to my car. I sit in my car. Take my phone out, and I was like, oh, look at this. Uh, Chris Asperzingis is in – they're talking about potentially dealing. I'm like, there's no way he's actually going to trade this guy. I knew that there had been some rumblings not too long ago where he was unhappy and trying to figure out where the, head, the, the team was going. And you see you know, them putting this product on the floor that continues to continue losing. And I know he's not going to be happy with it, but he's not on the floor to help them. You know what I'm saying? He's their best player, and he's not there on the floor to help them. So I'm like, you know, he can't really be – upset you look at the roster there's no way these guys are gonna win too many games when you look at the team they're putting out there but i was in my car and i'm like all right well they're not actually gonna trade him and i'm on the way back driving home and and they they end up sending them to dallas i'm like what is going on there so at that point i just you know i i hustle back and get home and uh, all hell starts breaking loose when i'm in my car uh, and then then the, the tweet comes that they had included tim hardaway jr and, and courtney lee in that deal and that's when the light went off in my head that day, man. These guys, uh, they, they know what they're doing. They just cleared a lot of cap space. They definitely have a plan, and what we will discuss is how that plan will come to fruition or it won't come to fruition. Uh, and in regards to that, you said it right there. That's the, that's the big caveat right there, right? So they made all this cap space by getting rid of THJ and Courtney Lee, and, and that's fantastic. And if you're interested in those numbers, SB Nation, Christian wrote, a fantastic article on there hours like within hours of uh when the news broke you know what it means for the cap what are the possibilities who are some of the free agents other than the obvious kd Kyrie's. uh so that was really good check out christian's work on sb nation radio um, sb nation radio sb nation.com uh so basically in regards to all that right so you see uh, you were like me right you saw the first initial news saying that you know, Kristaps isn't happy and all this. I put out a tweet, actually. I don't know if you saw it, but I said, oh, <laughs> let me pull up the actual tweet because it's actually kind of bad. It's a bad look for your boy right here. So I tweeted yeah. within minutes of the first news breaking, right? I said, all this means very little. Porzingis's leverage is at an all-time low. He's a restricted free agent at worst, and the Knicks have no reason to trade him right now. 
The Knicks are setting themselves up for a top draft pick and a possible free agent. That's on KP for not noticing it. Within within like 20, 30 that minutes, that, well. aged, that tweet did not <laughs> age well, man. And I knew it. I was like, I got to wear this. I'm getting ahead of it before anyone jumps at me. I'm just going to jump on it myself. So I, I, I was thrown off here. So then when you see this, this uh, unfolding here, was your initial reaction positive? Like right off the bat you thought this was good for the Knicks or did, did you have a little bit of skepticism because we just traded away our only good thing we've had in the past 20 years? You know, I, I, I had mixed feelings about it because, you know, for me, I'm when, when someone comes to New York, you know, and, and granted Chris Epps was, was drafted here. It wasn't like he had a choice, but you know, New York is a city where people want to play at, you know, this is the greater, and maybe I'm biased, but this is the best city in the world. So if someone comes to, to your organization and says, you don't want to be here anymore for a city like this, it's kind of like, are you, are, are you serious? Do you understand where, where you are right now? But at the same time, he does understand where he is right now. He's in a situation where the Knicks don't, didn't, at least not until today, they didn't look like they had a, a coherent plan. You know, we didn't know what their their plan was except to, to be as bad as possible to to potentially get Zion. And and you see what they put on the floor. And you, if you're any – A, if you're any free agent, you're looking at the Knicks like, okay, I'm not going there. And if you're Chris Epsporzingis, who's about to be a, a – who's coming up on a contract extension very soon, you're looking at this team like, no, I got to get up out of here. So I, I kind of understand both sides of it. But, man, I'm – I, I have mixed I have mixed feelings about this. I really enjoyed Chris Stapps while he was here. You know, he was the best player that we've, we've drafted in, in quite some time. Um, and you know, I, I think I saw something like the Knicks haven't had the Knicks haven't drafted and kept someone. The Knicks haven't drafted and signed someone to a, a rookie to a, like a, a contract extension after their rookie contract is over since Charlie Ward in like yeah. nineteen, however it was nineteen something. I don't even know when Charlie Ward was drafted, but that's ridiculous. That's such a long time to not be developing the own your own players, and uh, I thought Porzingis was I thought Porzingis had 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 bought in, but it, it looks like there wasn't really much. I can I can understand him because it doesn't look like there's much to buy into when you look at what's on the floor, but uh, it's just, it was an unfortunate situation. Um, you know, I, I think that it, it all just happened so quickly, you know, and that's I think what, what caught so many people off. And apparently they had the Knicks had known that this was coming for a little while, and they've been shopping him for a little bit now and they just have everything just kind of came out now. But, uh, you know, I do think the future is bright in New York just because you look at how much cap space they freed up. Apparently they got first rounders in 2021 and 2023, which if, if you ask me, I think that their draft pick is going to fall off some cause they're going to start winning games. Cause they just traded for a bunch of players. Now, uh, they got Deandre Jordan, they got Wes Matthews. I don't know if they're going to buy those guys out or what they're going to do, but they got Dennis Smith jr. Who's going to play and who's going to want to win. Um, they, they have some guys, I think they're going to start winning some games that people didn't expect them to win. So they might not have as high odds at getting that, that number one pick, but, um, they can package the next two picks. They can package that 2021 and 2023 pick to move up. You know, they can use that in a trade to trade for a third star if they, if they sign too. So there's so many, the Knicks have flexibility now they have options and you can't say that they had options before. So this is an exciting time in some really, it's a, it's, a, it's an odd way to, to usher in a new era, but it is a new era that's coming in. Well, yeah, for, for sure. And first thing, Charlie Ward, just for reference, drafted in 1994, which I don't know exactly how old you are, and you don't have to disclose that, but I was born in 1994. <laughs> so for me, yeah. that's crazy. Like, that's that's too long for me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a long time ago, man. That's uh, uh, 
Charlie, that's so long. That's that just goes to show you how, how long it's been since the Knicks have had some talent that they have been able to develop. And, and you look at what the Nets are doing, and I don't mean to – I really don't I don't enjoy comparing the two because they're two separate situations. But you look at the Nets who who have their picks and who are who – are, you can see them developing. They're a, a hub for development, for player development there. And then you look at the Knicks who just haven't had an opportunity to consistently develop players. It's like the best way to win is to draft – is through the draft and, and through developing and then adding pieces around that. And uh, the Knicks just haven't been able to do that. I think that what they do with this pick is going to be telling. I hope they I hope it lands in their favor. And I remember now, was it two years ago, when Tim Hardaway came back to the Knicks? Obviously, he was traded to Atlanta, came back as a free agent. Uh, he was not, you know, re-signed from his rookie contract throughout the like. He left the Knicks, so it didn't count as like somebody who finished his rookie contract and re-signed with the Knicks. He re-signed after leaving, but you know, you could like count him because it was a similar situation. But obviously, it's a stretch. And then we were like, it, it's okay though, because Porzingis is clearly going to make it to that threshold. Like he is going to make it through his rookie contract. We're going to resign him. It's going to be all good. We're going to get past this whole thing. And now we're sitting here today on what January thirty first, while we're recording this podcast, will be out on the first of February, and, and it, we're completely flipped on its head. Now there's a lot of things here, like that, kind of come out as the news breaks, as the trade becomes finalized. You know, uh, Mills and Perry start talking about it a little bit. Stephen A. Smith reports that Kristaps has apparently been telling other stars to not come to New York, which sounds so hard oh, to believe, yeah. but how do you really count anything out at this point? And it really just gets flipped up on its head. Um, so we also have to talk later about the Mavs perspective of this, but we're going to get to that because this is Sports Blog New York podcast. We got to talk Knicks. We got to talk all of it. Sure. Uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna give part of the negative here, right? Because we got we to play both sides. We got to talk about the possibilities that are great and the possibilities that are very bad here, right? So on one hand, Kristaps Porzingis can can become healthy and play with Luka Doncic, become an all-star that we thought he was going to be, and it can just look really bad for us, obviously, if we don't sign some of these free agents here. Right, that's one. Right. Number two, what does this look like to those other free agents, right? So, you know, how much weight does Porzingis pull with guys like Durant, like Kyrie, like Butler, etc.? Do they see this as continued dysfunction or do they see this as a young player maybe a little bit too a little too proud a little too cocky in Porzingis and that doesn't phase me so from your perspective if you're Kevin Durant put yourself in the mind of him or Kyrie does this put more clouds above the Knicks organization or does it not even matter because it's just too too low on the totem pole for them to worry look man I I hope that the Knicks had some indication uh, some 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 type of concrete indication that Kevin Durant is hell bent on getting here, um, or any one of those guys. There are so many free agents, you know. There's so, but there are only a handful, and that's the other that's the other tricky part. There are so many good free agents, so many guys that can be considered max players, but there are only a handful of guys, maybe less than a handful of guys that you can build around, you know, to to win a championship. If you if you go get Kemba Walker and Jimmy Butler and bring them to New York. I'm not sure that's a championship team, no matter who you put around that. You get Kevin you get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that's scary. You get Kevin Durant and anybody else, that's scary. You know, so it it depends on on who they have, have targeted. You get Kawhi Leonard, that's scary. You get you get a couple of these guys and, and that's something you can do with. I think there's only really three guys you can say, All right, if we get one of these three, we can we can build something. That's that's Kevin Durant, that's it's Kyrie Irving, that's that's Kawhi Leonard. I think those three are the guys that you know, if you have any indication that one of those three guys are coming to New York, 
it, it really doesn't matter. Now, how does this view from an optic standpoint? It is a little – it's looked bad. You know, this is all playing out in the aftermath of how they handled Carmelo Anthony. Um, I think that's where all this started for Christos Porzingis because once he, once Phil Jackson and, and, and front management, you know, they once they dragged Melo out like that, you know, he skipped that that exit meeting and that was the end of that. We haven't really seen or heard from Christos Porzingis since then. Um, I think a lot of this is, is a byproduct of that. But, you know, I, I think that this is also a, a, a turning point. Like the Knicks are trying to to send a message. I think they are, are trying to start things from scratch. And you got a guy like Porzingis who made it be known that he didn't want to be there, supposedly. So they, they had to move on from him, you know, and, and you kind of understand it. If a guy does not want to be in, in a city and in, in a franchise, as you know, Knicks haven't won anything and God knows how long. But this is still one of the, the most storied franchises in sports history. Like this is a. a you know, people want to play for the New York Knicks. People want to play at Madison Square Garden. People want to play in New York City. You know, and if a guy doesn't want to play there, then I understand it. Get rid of him. Move him, move, move on along. And uh, that's what they did. And the Knicks put themselves in a position where if one of these three mega free agents do want to come, they can get two of them. They can get two of them right away. You can go get Kevin Durant and get Kawhi Leonard. You can get Kevin Durant and Kemba Walker. You can get Kevin Durant and any any number of people. And it, it seems like we don't know what any of these guys want, you know, except for maybe the ones who have been public about what they want, like Kemba Walker. He says he wants to stay in Charlotte. It's up to Charlotte to put a winner around him. Um, other than that, we don't know what these guys want. So, you know, if, if Chris Epps can be telling, he might be telling people not to come. But at the end of the day, they're going to make up their own mind. And he's not there anymore. So right. he can't really be a spokesperson. So it's it's going to be interesting. You know, we're going to have to watch it all play out over time. We're going to see have to see if anyone pulls off any wild trades where Anthony Davis ends up because Anthony Davis is going to end up being a free agent at some point, and that's going to be a. It's all it, there's so many different moving parts. Um, I am looking forward to July first. I'll tell you that because that's when all this money is going to start being shelled out. But um, I think that at the end of the day, you know, everyone knows that if you win in New York, you are forever a legend. And uh, I think that people weigh that, you know, a little bit heavier than what they've done in the past. And when Perry and Mills have now uh, really spoken about this, but I guess they did a conference call with some media members and whatnot. Basically, the gist of of their uh, statements were, you know, we didn't want to specifically get rid of Porzingis. But when you come down to a point where you need to now extend a guy who's going to be the face of your franchise for the time being, or at least be one of the key members of your franchise for the time being, you need to be confident that he wants to be there. And now that they're approaching this time where it's time for them to put the money on the table for him, if they don't think he's, if he's, they don't think he wants to be there, what's the point of doing that? That sets you back in a whole different type of way. So that's why right. when they talked to Porzingis today, it confirmed what they may have thought was happening already, his lack of interest in New York. So they went on and pulled the trigger. Um, but when, Lack of when interest he, in New York, and let, let's call the spade a spade. He just tore his ACL, and we haven't word. seen him play Where's his in leverage God knows at? how long. This is a what-have-you-done-for-me-recently league, and unfortunately he hasn't done anything. The best avail- ability is availability, and ACLs are tough to get back from. And he's a lanky guy. He, he's, I mean, he's not someone who's who's like dribbling the ball all day. You know, he's a spot up shooter, a shot blocker. We don't know how the ACL is going to affect his mobility on defense. We don't know how the ACL is going to affect his his ability to roll off screens. You got to learn how to cut again. Uh, I think we 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 saw him post that one video doing wind sprints on Instagram, and we haven't heard or seen or anything from him since then. So, Chris Abbsperson is kind of like the forgotten guy here. And, um, you know, it, it's unfortunate, but you can't really make demands and you can't really be that type of person when no one's really seen you play. And, and at, at one point, at one level, you know, I guess we kind of 
I don't want to say ungrateful, but we kind of forgot how good he was because this is a guy who many were, were considering, uh, uh, you know, almost like the second coming of Dirk Nowitzki. And then right. he goes down and he's kind of like forgotten. <laughs> and uh, wait, wait, yeah. and while this is all I'm playing, the Knicks are a, a dumpster fire out there. So it's kind of crazy. But um, I, I think that it, it, it'll all work out. I think Dallas is going to be a great spot for him. And I think the Knicks are in a great position themselves. So he played 72 games his rookie season. You, you can base that. Oh, look at that's, that. That's, literally, Chris, I've literally just tweeted, New York will always have a special place in my heart. Grateful for everybody who made this journey so special for my family and I. So he read uh, he read all the replies from his first tweet, and we're like, they were all like, what the hell are you doing, you a-hole? We thought you liked right. us a little bit. Like, what, are you, what is this? Like, you don't even say goodbye? Trey Burke says goodbye yeah. before you? All this stuff. But he played 72 games his rookie year, 65 his second year, and only 48 last year. I mean, that's not a trajectory that is promising when it comes to availability. So from that front yeah. alone, it's okay as a Knicks fan to be like, we don't have all the confidence in the world that he's going to be around for that long. Anyway, and actually, I my physical therapist, who like obviously he doesn't work with Chris Porzingis, but he works with tons of athletes and whatever. Uh, he He's a big sports fan, and one day I'm talking to him, and this is his words, not mine. He's talking about Porzingis. He's like, Honestly, I don't like him. I don't think he's going to be healthy. And he goes, quote, he has no freaking ass. His lower half is going to try to compensate for his upper half his whole life. It's never going to work. So <laughs> that's from a guy who obviously doesn't work with KP. He don't work in professional sports. He works with some athletes and whatnot. But take it for what it's worth, I guess. Uh, when you hear people say, you know, you basically traded a franchise player for a salary dump. Does that something that doesn't tell the full story for you? Is it fair when you but when you hear that phrase? I saw it thrown out a lot. A franchise player for a salary dump. Is that fair or unfair? Um, that I don't think that's fair. Um, number one, you get Dennis Smith Jr. Who the number one, the Knicks should have drafted him anyway. They should have drafted him first. Not uh, love Frank. They should. I think if you if you redraft that class, Frank is not a top ten pick. We don't know where he these people like. And it's unfortunate because he got drafted into – he was supposed to be the, the quote-unquote triangle-type point guard. You know, and then now where we're talking about he's not even a point guard. He's a wing, can't shoot a three-ball consistently, doesn't really have a, a go-to offensive move. Uh, the best – right now it looks like his, his career arc is becoming a 3-and-D-type wing. Um, and then I guess in, in some respect that's what a, a, a triangle point guard kind of is, the guy who can knock down threes, plays defense, and, and, and makes plays in spots. But um, you, in, in that draft class, I went off on a tangent, in that draft class, you, you take Dennis Smith Jr. ahead of him 10 times out of 10. You even see how Malik, Malik Monk is coming alive in Charlotte right now. That's another guy. You redraft this class. He's the guy who moves up. Um, but now you get – Dennis Smith Jr. on his roster. You, you give up Trey Burke, obviously, but Dennis, Dennis Smith Jr. is the guy that you can you can play at that point guard position. He's ready to go right now. Um, you get two draft picks. You get 2021 and 2023. I'm not sure what the protections are on those. If they're unprotected, that's amazing. Um, I believe 20, 2021 is unprotected and 2023 is top 10, I believe. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, you get... What else do you get? You get you get DeAndre Jordan. You get Wes Matthews. Those are guys who come right off the books, and this is a chance to to restart your your franchise. And even if you and, and there is a, a a swing for the fences type of mentality here, because if you don't get a Kevin Durant and you don't get Kyrie and you don't get Kawhi, and you don't get Klay Thompson, you know it's kind of like all right, well, are you going to spend you know eighty or well, what would that be thirty two times so four sixty four million on on 
tier two type all-stars for the next five years and be kind of set back in that way or the next four years because max contract will be four years so that's 62 million you commit you commit you you offer a max contract to Tobias Harris and Kemba Walker that's not a team that inspires fear in in anyone unfortunately love those two guys you know so those are two amazing people and two great basketball players but Kemba Walker plus Tobias Harris Plus what the Knicks have on that roster now, depending on where Mitchell Robinson. I mean, you add Mitchell Robinson, you add Kevin Knox. That's a a decent team, but that's not. They're not playing. They're not messing around with the with the Celtics. They they don't have anything for Giannis. They don't have anything for the Raptors. They don't have anything for Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, and 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 Ben Simmons. You know, there's there's a lot. Of, they don't even have much for for Indiana in that series. So Word. this is the Knicks kind of put themselves in a position where they have to go for gold. They have to get Kevin Durant. Right. Because if not, then, I mean, you could always play the game where you, you sign guys to one year contracts and try again. But the only way to really, really get a max free agent. And I don't mean to to I hate comparing the two because they're really in two separate two separate uh, situations. But I, I think like a, a like Brooklyn is a destination that people want to go to just because you be. see the, the you see the, the, the culture that they've built there. You see the incremental progress. You see how players are developing. Spencer Dinwood is, was the most improved player of the year candidate last year, had some all-star murmurs this year. D'Angelo Russell is uh, better across the board in all statistical car- categories except for turnovers, which have gone down, which I guess is, is considered better. So, yeah, he's better across the board in everything. Joe Harris, look at how he's turned into in Brooklyn. They made Jared Dudley someone now who's scoring 12 points for a game. Yeah, DeMar, all <laughs> these guys in Brooklyn are are growing and you that's something that you want to be a part of you don't know what's happening in New York right now I you mean, know you just know that they have 75 74 million dollars in cap space and you can bring guys in and that they have David Fisdale right and that's those are your main points and that they have the number one pick well they have a high draft pick if they get Zion or if they get maybe RJ Barrett or if they get there's another guy like out of Murray State John Moran I like him if they if they find a way to get Zion that's a different story like guys will leave wherever they are free agents will probably go to new york to play with zion if you get two max guys and zion on that roster that's a different story but i mean it's it's the the knicks have put themselves in a position where if they if they strike out on kevin durant then they're scratching their heads because if they strike out on kevin durant they're probably not getting kyrie irving and if they strike out on kevin durant Kawhi leonard doesn't go there and we got i don't think anyone knows what Kawhi leonard's gonna do then then it's like all right well you're back at square one because you could spend all your money on these max guys that are just below tier one they're like middle of tier two or you kind of have to have to play the game where you're you're kicking it down the road you're going to kick this this whole free agency thing to 2020 and then 2021 so the the knicks are in there i I think they would rather be in this position than than have to deal with the disgruntled star who's holding all the leverage who could who could leave them and not get anything um, and they also put them in a position where they can get rid of Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee's contracts. And Courtney Lee, I got a chance to talk to him not so long ago. He said that he, this season for him was a character test. You know what I'm saying? Because this is a guy who should be contributing, who should be playing on a winning team, who's not playing because this team is not trying to win. So that's a guy I'm very happy for. But, um, you know, I, I think all in all, they're in a good spot right now. It's just July 1st comes around and Kevin Durant signs somewhere else. They are in a bad place. Absolutely. And I think Dennis Smith seems like one of those guys that other NBA players really respect and really like. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you got you to feel about certain guys as they come up or as they have highlights, kind of like who comments on them on Twitter, who's kind of shouting out, like whoever throughout the league. Dennis Smith Jr. seems like one of those guys that other players see and be like, that guy can ball. He hasn't just like he hasn't put it all together yet. He hasn't put the little things together yet, but he has the big right. things. He's kind of like the anti Frank, if you if you think about it. Like Frank doesn't have 
a lot of like good finishes towards the rim. He doesn't look very smooth when he's handling the ball. Dennis Smith has all that, but is a little bit of a wild card. He's a little bit uh, raw in the sense that like he will take a bad shot or make a crazy pass. Where Frank is like a sound defender, makes the pass within the offense. But Dennis Smith's got all the like the splash, all the all the flash, if you will. So they're kind of you like, know what it is. An- I, I think Dennis right Smith. Now. I think Dennis Smith is going to get along very very well with with, with uh, Coach Fisdale. You know, I think he's the type. I think he's a bulldog. You know, I think he's a guy who just wants to go out there and compete and try to win. And those are the guys that Fizz likes. You know, you look at a guy, another guy who's just like that is Alonzo Trio. Those guys just want to go out there and make plays and win basketball games. And it hasn't translated to wins, but some of the, some of the teams that, that the Knicks have, some of the, the players that they put on the floor have been really good. You look at, you know what I'm saying? Trier, Noah Vonley is having an amazing season. He's a guy who's going to get paid at some point. So I think I, I wasn't expecting him to finish this season on the Knicks. I thought they were going to yeah. trade him to a team that could actually use him. Um, but there's a lot of guys, you know, Mitchell Robinson, I'm waiting for him to take that next step. I'm waiting for him to not be in foul trouble in every seven minutes, you know, and I'm waiting for him to, to, to put it together. And that's going to take some time. But they're they're putting they, they have some dogs on the roster. It's just a matter of now getting some winners and guys who have done it and have that level of talent and, and that leadership. They don't have a, a on court leader right now. They're kind of just figuring it out on the fly. Yeah. Um, but I digress. Dennis Smith Jr. is a guy who we, he's, he's he can hoop. We know he can play. Um, and he just has some parts to his game that he needs to he needs to put together. And he needs to be a little more consistent shooting from three. Um, and I think he needs to be just a little more consistent. He just, I mean, his game just has to grow altogether. But there's there's stuff there. You know what I'm saying? Like where you can you can see with Frank, you know, his offense his offense. It might not be there. It, it might not ever come along. He might be at the most a middle of the road spot up shooter. You can see Dennis Smith Jr. has some offensive explosiveness that just needs to be brought out of him. And I think that's something. And you you put him with a coach like Fizz, who's going to have him going after everything. I think that's that's something that Knicks fans should be looking forward to is the prospect of having Dennis Smith Jr. as your starting point guard for the next couple of years, depending on how we, we fare in free agency. So it's interesting. And if you have Fizz coming into the Knicks head coaching job saying, yo, Emmanuel Moutier, I'm going to make you right. Like, how do you think he's going to feel about Dennis Smith Jr.? Like, he wants to make that guy right. He wants to make him an all-star. And uh, I, I couldn't help but think, this was a, going back a minute or two, but I wanted to, to mention it. You mentioned a guy like Tobias Harris. Like, that is a scary name right now for Knicks fans because when you have expectations of Kevin Durant and you end up with Tobias Harris, that's a letdown, right? But if you for think sure. about what he's doing right now in the Clippers, like, a lot of people consider him an all-star snub since he hasn't gotten in. If Absolutely. He, if he had this season as a Nick. Like, there's no way that he's not an all-star. Like, if, if Tobias Harris comes to New York for whatever reason and has this exact season in the Knicks uniform in Madison Square Garden, like, he's an all-star. Like, sorry Clippers and sorry Clippers fans. That's kind of how it would be. Now, I'm not saying that's the path I want them to go down, but with all this talk over the years of people in the draft or a free agent saying they love playing in the Garden, I would love to play for New York, I would love to do that, like, you, they got to realize that <laughs> – you do you, the bar is actually a little lower in New York. I know it's kind of counterintuitive because everyone's like, hey, "We expect greatness in New York." Yada yada. We haven't had greatness. We don't know real greatness. We haven't had it in so long. If you come to come here, make them a contender and put up your numbers. Like you're an all star. You're talk of the town. You're talk of the league. You're gonna be in the playoff uh, discussion. Like I just, it's so hard to understand why that's not enticing for players. But then we turn around and we talk about the the owner and the front office woes and all this stuff, and it really it really becomes difficult from that perspective. Now I want to talk about Kyrie Irving though for a minute because Knicks or Knicks included or not, he's had a wild past week or two when it comes to rumors, right? So Kyrie Irving, yeah. 
He said before the year, I want to retire a Celtic. I want my jersey in the rafters. I plan on re-signing here. But now that we know Kyrie, the new Kyrie, who doesn't really care what he says, he speaks his mind, we kind of know he's a little bit of a wild card. So try to go back without the Porzingis trade kind of masking the situation here. Before today, did you feel like Kyrie was a lock to stay in Boston? Or did you already kind of feel all those... uh, all those rumors really spreading. You know, I've never considered anyone to be a lock anywhere, you know, especially when they have a player option, especially when and I didn't think Kyrie was going to be a lock to stay in Boston. When you saw how far the Celtics got without him last year, without Gordon Hayward, this was a, a team that was one game away from eliminating LeBron James and the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then they bring Kyrie back and they bring Gordon Hayward back. And this is a team trying to find their way. Um, I think it's unfortunate for them, and it's un- it's a it's a sad situation because no one asked to be injured. Um, I think that Gordon Hayward injury and then him trying to find his way is really setting that team back because they signed him to be that immediate contributor, to be that immediate second option on offense, and now he doesn't have that. He's trying to find his way. He's kind of taking some heat for it. Um, and now as as a byproduct, they're losing games where they're losing more games than they should have. They're, they're below expectations. We expect them to be the number one seed in the East. And they're what are they? Number four now, number five, something like that. Yeah. And um, they're trying they're kind of trying to put that together. And then now you also have Kyrie Irving, who's here. Like, all right, well, you, you, you see what he said at the beginning of the season. So why he wants his name to be hung. You know what I'm saying? In the rafters, he wants to be a legend. And if you uh, if you win in Boston, you are a legend forever. But at the same time, it's like you look around and you see that the 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 Raptors and well, not necessarily the Raptors, the Bucks have Giannis. If I don't know, I don't know if I'm taking the Celtics in a seven game series with against against Giannis. I don't know if I'm taking them in a seven game series against against Toronto either, unless something drastically changes. Maybe they pull off a trade. On top of that, they can't even get Anthony Davis until next summer well next season until well really they can't trade for him until until they extend Kyrie Irving if that's the case and I don't think Anthony Davis goes there if they don't get get Kyrie Irving if they don't like uh, extend Kyrie Irving for a long time so it's a very it's a weird situation man a guy like Kyrie you never know what he's actually thinking or what he actually wants he's thinking one thing one day and then he's thinking something else another day um I think I read something else somewhere where it said that he would be open to to reuniting with LeBron James right and that just had me thinking man did he just like orchestra what if they planned this thing out the entire time what if they were like you know why don't you force your way out of here and then I'll leave and then we'll go link up in LA like that would be one hell of a story I'm not sure. I'm sure that's not the actual case, but like that's also on the table. He could also come to New York. There's so many different things, and I think it just it all boils down to to how the Celtics fare this season. Are they going to go all the way? I don't. I'm not sure. I think I, my favorite is the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to go all the way to the championship and then lose to the Warriors. Um, but it, it, I think it all it all depends. If you would have asked me before today, I would have said Kyrie enters enters free agency and then probably re-signs with Boston if they offer him $189 million, which is a lot of money. Um, But at the same time, there's New York, and the Knicks have legitimate space for two max free agents. And he said he's wanting to play with Jimmy Butler. Kyrie Irving and Jimmy Butler is pretty enticing. You you put Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, um, whoever you get with that that draft pick, whether whether that's Zion, or whether that's R.J. Barrett, or whether that's John Morant, whoever it is, that's a a pretty good team. yeah. Not sure if that's a championship team, but we would only be able to find out. You know, Kyrie has championship pedigree. Watching Jimmy Butler on TV right now, he's a, he's a natural born winner. So from there, it's just developing all the other guys. But I, it's interesting. Um, I don't. I have no idea what Kyrie is going to do. I don't think any. I don't think Kyrie knows what Kyrie is going to do. And uh, yeah, he's definitely a wild card. I think he. 
I think his decision is going to be the biggest of of free agents. Kevin Durant is going to go somewhere. Unless Kevin Durant goes to to L.A., um, I think Kyrie's decision is going to be the biggest one. Because no matter where Kevin Durant goes, um, Kyrie still has to make his mind up. Because if Kevin Durant goes to New York, you're going to expect him to to, to you're going to expect Kyrie to go there. If not, Kemba Walker probably goes there, which would be amazing. I think Kemba would be amazing with, with KD too. Yes. But um, if Kyrie leaves Boston, wherever he goes, it's probably going to be a championship contender next. And whether he goes to LA, uh, and we don't really know what other options are out there for him. There haven't been very many other teams linked. It's been New York, LA, and and Boston. So I don't really know where else he would end up going. So. That's one of those things we're just gonna have to wait and see and, and figure out. It's, it's no, it's 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 no. It makes no sense to try to read it to Kyrie because Kyrie <laughs> doesn't even try to read it to Kyrie at this point. You're so right. Like literally, I think Kyrie is making that decision a day before he actually does it. He seems like that type of guy. Like he thinks so hard about everything. He's so in depth with his thoughts, and even when he speaks, he's sometimes he speaks too much. Like he gives too much information. All of us reporters and fans and media people, all of us want players to be truthful, honest, and all this stuff. And then if you're a Celtics fan, sometimes you're probably watching Kyrie talk, and you're like, "All right, dude, we get it. Like, say less at this time. Like you're saying too much. This like he's a very unique individual, and individual is the key word there. He is his own guy. He's gonna do his own thing." Uh, it's going to be crazy when all this starts to break down. And just to, to give you an insight here, I try to be super unbiased uh, when I talk hoops. NBA is my favorite sport to follow and to talk about. And I am a Knicks fan, but I, I think I like to think I do a pretty good job of not thinking about it. But I know I'm such a Knicks fan when I read the tweet that Christoph Porzingis is not going to, uh, I mean, is going to sign the qualifying offer for Dallas. Oh, which, man. Right. <laughs> so that's going to bring him to unrestricted for agency sooner. And you know, it crossed my mind. I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but it crossed my mind. It's like, wait, maybe he's doing it just to come back to New York quicker and with some more talent. Like maybe, maybe he's he's fooling all of us. And I was like, no, 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 Pete, you're you're, you're doing it to yourself right now. No, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, that's that's definitely. Not, I, I think the only reason that wouldn't happen is if the Knicks signed two max regions. They're not gonna have space to sign Chris Stapps. It'd be exactly. It's different. If they had him already on the roster, and then we're we're somehow able to sign two max regions, and then we're able to re-sign him because you can re-sign, you can exceed the cap to re-sign your own free agents, but. I'm not going to go down that rabbit yeah, hole. They're no, not. No. It, there's no way the Knicks signed two max free agents this summer and then signed Chris Stapps Brzezinski. I'm sorry to no. to rain on your parade. No, no parade. Me. The parade was stopped short. It actually never started. But I just, I just had to say that like that thought like popped into my head. I was like, no, 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 I can't. That's not real. That's not going to happen. Pete, shut shut your shut your mind off for a moment. <laughs> but, but it totally crossed the mind. Uh, I want to get to a, a a question that I got on Twitter just because I'm going to forget soon. And it happened to just cross my mind here. And I said we were going to talk about this earlier. So uh, I just put out before on our Twitter at Sportblog NYC. If you have any takes or questions, drop them in. And Christian and I will talk about it. So I, I got one from Garcia Jacob 15 And he, he said, as a Mavs fan, what should I expect or what should we expect uh, and I think this is a good conversation for us who've seen Porzingis up close to to dive into. It could kind of help us uh, go through a therapy session of what we loved about sure. him and then some of the shortcomings that we've learned more about in the past couple hours. But but what should we expect of Porzingis in Dallas with Luka Doncic and Carlisle and that organization? The, the answer is we don't know because we don't know how his ACL is. We don't know how he's how he's holding up right now. We don't know where his level of health is. If you have a 100% or 90% healthy Kristaps Porzingis, you're getting a competitor 
you're getting a guy who wants to win more than anything else. That's 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 what I've gathered from him. This guy genuinely wants to win, and for a while he wanted to win in New York City. I think he even said it. You win in New York City, it's like you're 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 a legend forever. Um, so it's 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 kind of like what you're getting is is a guy who, and, and you're also getting somebody who's who's apparently they him and Luka Doncic have a have some sort of relationship. Now I don't think it's too crazy. And they they exchanged some words on the court when when Kristaps uh, was hurt and he just came and talked to him and they gave him each other a pound or whatnot. Um, the Mavs are getting Dirk Nowitzki 2.0 almost because well maybe not even 2.0. But they're they're getting somebody who is the next Dirk, who was perceived to be the next Dirk, who now will learn under Dirk, who will be you know molded by Dirk, and he's playing with a guy in Luca who they you can see they're gonna have have chemistry on the court. It's just a man, and and not to mention he he plays both ends of the ball. He's gonna protect the rim. You know I think we we haven't seen him in so long, but like this guy is a legitimate weak side help defender. He will chase down a block for you. He will grab rebounds. He will shoot threes. He can he has range out to thirty five feet. Like this guy can play ball. It's just a matter of he got hurt, and we haven't been able to see him since he got hurt. And we don't know what his injury timetable is. It's not like you're getting a guy who's getting on the court right now. Mavs fans might not, might not even see him for the rest of this year, especially if they're not winning games. I don't even know how far out of the playoff race they are, but they're probably not going to make the playoffs this year. Um, but at the same time, you know, this is a, a super talented kid who hasn't even scratched the surface of what he will be able of what he will be. And um, this is a chance for, for Rick Carlisle and that Mavs development team to really, you know, to, to really mold this kid into into what, what we all thought he would be, which would be the, the second coming of Dirk. And he's learning from this. It's, you couldn't really ask for a better a better scenario for Kristaps, given his play style and his makeup and, and what Dirk went through and how Dirk progressed. Um, this is going to be an amazing pairing. Um, and Mavs fans should be very, very excited, provided he is healthy. And I think that's the one caveat is that he has not be isn't healthy right now. And we don't know how long it's going to be until he gets back. Yeah. And part of the thing that was rumbling through, you know, New York sports, Twitter, New York radio, everyone was kind of saying this uh, a little bit around the NBA circles. They were all saying, oh, it seems like Porzingis actually wants to come back sooner than later. And the Knicks are looking to hold him out. And that was one of the things that was kind of frustrating him. Because like you said off the bat with Porzingis, the dude's a competitor. He wants to be on the court. He wants to be giving his all, going for those chase down blocks that you said, and those big dunks screaming down the lane. Um, But there is some negatives that we do have to bring up as well. So even when he was healthy, right, before the injury, the Knicks clearly weren't like a winning team yet. They were still under 500. They were still destined for the lottery, all this stuff. Obviously because the talent really wasn't there yet. So there were still people throughout that time who didn't quite believe that Christoph Porzingis was a true number one. Now, if you're a Mavs fan listening to this, you might be saying, that's okay, we we have a true number one in Luka Doncic. Yeah, he's a true number that, one as you can find. That exactly. kicked the ball. That, he's, like, legit incredible. We did a whole thing on him in our, late, our last episode with Luka. Like, guy's awesome. So I think from that perspective, you don't you now don't have to worry, if you're a Mavs fan, that Christoph Porzingis has to put a franchise on his back. Something that us Knicks fans were doing because we had no one else, we were putting this franchise on his back, and we were still on pace to win, what, like 35 games before he went down, 40 games at best if he went down? So Mm. from that perspective, it's a negative on him that he probably isn't a true number one best player on a championship team, but now that he's with Luka, who I think is that guy, he doesn't have to be, and he can be an all-star number one, uh, 1B, if you will, or 1A, however you want to break it down. So it's true that he's not a true number one, he probably couldn't put a franchise on his back, but he can absolutely help 
keep a franchise up at that level if he has some talent around him? And is there a better pairing for for Kristaps Porzingis than Luka Doncic? I mean, it really feels no, like, it feels like not. I, I don't think there is. And and another thing that I didn't even I didn't even get to bring up is you know Porzingis is not a guy who shies away from the moment. Nope. You know, he's a guy who who is comfortable trying to to take that big shot. You know, and that's that's going to be huge if you have Luca who is a guy who has proven already that he can he can put this team on his back in crunch time and hit big shots and you put another guy who who at a at a position where they can play off of each other that's going to be amazing i think the only thing that that is really the the one drawback right now with Chris Epps for Zingas is you know his the, the advice he's getting the counsel his management he's he's listening to mostly his older brother Giannis or or Johnny's however you pronounce his name Which is and a risky um game. Dave, Dave, yeah, they, he's the one that has him in this in this predicament right now. You're talking about Chris Apps might sign the qualifying offer, you know, where, which would make him an unrestricted free agent next summer, and that's one thing Mavs fans should be concerned with. But I, you know, I think that once he hits the court with Luca and sees and sees what what the, what the brighter side of the sun looks like, um, I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna stay put in Dallas. That's unless he wants to go to a bigger market. I couldn't imagine where else. He would go right now, you know. Yeah, I don't yeah, have a, a home for him, like right off my off the top of my head, is because we haven't seen him in so long. But um, it is a little concerning to me that the report that he would sign that qualifying offer would come out at this time, right as soon after as he was traded, when he was traded to as as ideal of a situation as could be possible, and when he's been unhealthy, when he hasn't even been on the court. You know, it, it's it's a little concerning that all these things have come out at one time. Um, but I do think that once he takes the court and once he plays with Luca, he's going to understand, no, we have, we have the, the potential here to do something special. I think the Mavericks are going to put as many players around them to maximize that window. The Mavericks are going to be players in free agency next summer as well. Um, I think they have enough space to add one max free agent. You put one max free agent next to, well, actually, no, I'm not sure now because they just traded. They got, uh, they got Tim and Carl and Courtney Lee on, on the books now too. They traded, they, they traded expiring contracts for that. So they're going to have to either find a way to flip that. Or 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 something. They I don't think they have max cap space anymore. Now that I think about it, but no matter who you add to that team, now you've got two pieces that you can build a dynasty around. You get one more guy like a like a, a point guard, a legitimate point guard who can break defenses down. Maybe someone like a Kyrie Irving or a Kemba Walker. Not to say that they're going to get them, but in that type of mold, right? Um, you've got something special, and I think that's what makes the uh, the Trey Burke acquisition pretty decent as well, because you put Trey Burke on that floor next to. Next to uh, next to Luca, that's a, a kind of a pressure release. Trey Burke is a guy who can get his own bucket, you know. So uh, I think it, it's a, a really like interesting pairing. Out like JJ Barea was kind of that guy, and he played a huge role for the Mavs. They're, they're, like they miss yeah. JJ a lot, and Trey Burke kind of yeah. is, you know, he's probably not as good or as consistent as JJ, but he's a similar type player. Uh, but yeah. by the way, I need I need to, I need to shout this out for a second. Uh, I have my Twitter open as we're as we're chatting here, and I happen to see something from everybody's favorite uh, NBA dictator of chaos, Worldwide Wob, if you're familiar. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I'm not alone in my uh, my pipe dream crazy thought that happened across my mind for about four seconds before I made sure I shut it off. But this is what Worldwide Wob tweeted about a, l- a little bit ago. Porzingis demands trade. Porzingis gets traded. Porzingis clears cap space for Kevin Durant. Porzingis takes qualifying over for Mavs. Porzingis unrestricted free agent summer 2020. Porzingis resigns with Knicks. Porzingis, Durant, Kyrie. It's not over. So I'm not alone in the crazy Knicks pipe dream that never, ever, ever is going to happen, but it still crosses your mind anyway. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. A very oh niche my. category. A very niche category of Knicks fan <laughs> will think about that just because it's there. It's possible. It's about anything that anything that's worth talking about will be talked about by Knicks fans just oh, because it's there's not much else to talk about, you know? And it's unfortunate. Here's Kevin Durant right now hitting a step back fadeaway over TJ McConnell. Yes. Oh man. That would be nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's really something something special about how we're recording this podcast, and we're both watching the uh, the Warriors play the Sixers here on TNT Thursday night, and just watching it's what, what of, could be. It's kind of amazing that you that you could think that Kevin Durant would actually leave this Warriors team. It and, is, and it's they're, they if they stay together and they find a way to re-sign Boogie, which is not possible, I don't believe, not at the the current because he's he's do he's going to be doing massive pay raise. I think he's making something like six million right now, or five point five million. They sign him to the mid level, and you can only give him, I think, a a twenty percent raise on top of that. So I don't think they're going to be able to re-sign him. But if you keep Steph, Clay, Kevin Durant, and and Draymond Green on the same team, you've got a chance to win championships. They've won three of their last four. They've got a win to. They've got a chance to win five. For you real. know, depending maybe maybe more. They're gonna win. They're gonna probably gonna win one this year. You got a chance to at least win another one the next year. Right, and then after that, it's probably going to be Giannis's world, or it's going to be Anthony Davis and LeBron whenever they're coming, because they're coming soon if he goes there. But Kevin Durant leaves; he's probably not winning any more championships, you know. So I guess in one way, two, and probably a third, three peating is enough. But man, it's just like, is this is he going to give all that away to to go leave? And I guess it all, it all goes back to you know everybody wants different things, and we don't sure. know what these guys want. And something that's very interesting about kind of what you were just saying about Durant. A lot of these guys who are going to be free agents this year, especially the biggest ones, they all have something in common. Durant, Kyrie, Kawhi, Clay, not Jimmy Butler, but all those other guys I named all have championships already. All have done it on the highest stage. Kawhi has won the finals MVP. Durant has won the finals MVP. Clay has been an all-star over and over again, multiple finals. Uh, Kyrie didn't win an MVP, but he hit the biggest shot in the finals. So all these guys Absolutely. have those moments. They have those accolades. They have that ring, or for Durant, those multiple rings. Like maybe it's different for someone like, hey, say Jimmy Butler, who's gonna go to the place where he's like, yo, I need to be at a place where I can win a championship. Where Kyrie and Kevin Durant are like, all right, we have a ring or rings. Let me go to a place where I have like a real challenge, or like I can uplift the franchise, or have a lot of fun, or something like that. So these guys do have different interests depending on what they've accomplished already, and that's something to think about, if you ask me. Yeah, no, it definitely is, and you, you can see it with with guys like I think a prime example of that is Paul George, who who resigned in in Oklahoma City for a a lot more less than than he could have. He could, he gave him a pay cut, and B, everyone assumed he was heading to L.A. and he just said, "Nah, I don't want to go home anymore. I'm here. I'm here with Russ." So not only does it show you how people all have different wants, it shows you how people can change. You know, it, at one point it was like 100 percent Kevin, uh, Kevin Durant, Paul George is going to L.A. He ends up in OKC. So like, you never know what these guys want, and then you never know how what they want kind of changes in the in the blink of an eye. We literally watched Paul George change his mind over the course of the season, and the, the Lakers are probably still kicking themselves for not trading directly with the Pacers for him. And um, yeah, you never know what these what these guys actually want, except for for a few guys who who kind of make it known. Hey, I want to win, and I want to win here. That's the uh, the Damian Lillard type, the Kemba Walker type, those types of guys who who literally want to win somewhere in there, and they're outspoken about it. Um, and I guess another guy who who's kind of like that, who's who's my personal favorite athlete on the planet right now, is Jamal Adams. 
Uh, Jamal Adams is the is the he's the spokesperson for the Jets right now, and he's letting it be known that he wants he wants to win in New York. And that unless guys are like that, you really don't know what they want. And he wants Le'Veon Bell to join him. But we'll, yo, we might get to maybe we'll, we'll touch on the. We do have a Super Bowl coming up in a couple of days. It's kind of hilarious oh. that like that's two it was two days away now since it's going to be released on Friday. It's two days away. Oh. I haven't even I mean, thought about the so, Super Bowl like hardly. I have that so week. Much cooking to do, man. I have to make so many different types of wings. It's not even. <laughs> no, that's great. Wait, you actually just mentioned a guy though. That's I think worth bringing up now, and. It's a tough guy to bring up because it feels like it's out of the blue, but I think there's some possibilities here, and that is Dame Lillard. So, mm. granted, he has like he signed to Portland. He says he wants to stay in Portland. He doesn't have any any reason to leave or, or whatever. But this move for the Knicks not only allows them to sign free agents, but also allows them to be flexible when it comes to trading for big name players like instead of signing free agent you trade for that guy and Damian Lillard is one of those guys so the Knicks now have an ability to go out and you know take on a bad contract or maybe do offload a draft future draft pick kind of like the Mavs just did but trading for a guy like Dame Lillard is not out of the realm of possibilities now that they have all this space am I wrong um, I think the only reason that you would be wrong about that is that they have just traded their only real trade chip, which is Chris Porzingis. I mean, if you're trading for Dame Lillard now, where does that where does that start? Right. That's Kevin Knox and, and a draft pick. And that's probably not enough to, yeah. to get a guy like me and Lillard. Right. Unless, so I, unless Dame think, did the whole I want to be traded thing when his leverage. Yeah. Leverage yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we never know where that's going now. But I think the Knicks are. are and they do have expiring contracts now that they could deal it. They could package Wesley Matthews. And, and I, I think there's like a rule where they can't be traded together. I think they have to be traded separately or something like that. I'm not necessarily sure exactly how, how the CBA works when it pertains to people who are traded once already in a season. I think they can't be packaged together, but I could be wrong. i got to look into that. But um, I know that they're, they're probably not done wheeling and dealing. I think that they might – you know, I think that the, the Knicks are going to be – I don't. I don't think. I don't see them using those 2021 and 2023 draft picks. Not when they're trying to make a big splash in free agency right now. Right. Right. So I think pack, those picks are going to be packaged together, either to move up in this year's draft, or to to sweeten the pot in a trade for a superstar later down the road. Right. Because that could be the adding those two picks could be the difference between trading for a star or losing a trade, losing a trade to another team for a star, or sweetening the pot for another team. And I, I, don't, I, I just don't see them using those two draft picks, not when they're, they're trying to go all in on free agents right now. Yeah, if, we're, if we end up relying on those two draft picks from the Mavs, all things probably yeah. went wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's sour. It's going very, very wrong if we end up needing those picks. Uh, so from your perspective, whether it be your New York's perspective, your just general NBA fan perspective, how should Knicks fans remember Kristaps Porzingis the Nick? Obviously what happens moving forward – is its own thing. But when we think back to Kristaps as a Nick, what should come to mind first? I mean, it's unfortunate because this is Kristaps will forever be tied to the Phil Jackson era, right? And the Phil Jackson era ended terribly. Like that was just a awful experiment that went south very, very fast. Everything he wanted to do was outdated. He didn't give it his coaches any freedom. You know, we saw he, he ruined Jeff Hornacek, who was a who's Jeff Hornacek coached his butt off in Phoenix. And he just went south. You could see him. Uh, he took the job, and then in, in about 45 days, all of his hair started going gray. It was just awful. He, Derek Fisher, just it was that was that was awful. It was, everything everything was bad there. And Kristaps was like the one 
shine. He was like the one ray of hope for the future. You know, okay, we got this this seven foot three unicorn. You know, and and you know, and he played pretty well when he was on the court. He was these might have been the best draft pick that the Knicks have had since I don't even know when they when they've been able to draft someone that had the the potential and the, and the ceiling as high as he had. So I think that you know, for Knicks fans, they should remember him as. And there's not really much to remember him by because he didn't play. He yeah. didn't play this year. And this is a, a, a what have you done for me lately type of league. And right now he's done nothing. But he, he did. I think if there's anything he did, it was he gave Knicks fans hope for the future. And unfortunately, it didn't pan out. But but watching us rally around a guy who we booed, a lot of Knicks fans booed him. Most of them booed him. And then he kind of won everybody away just from his play. And he's a fiery competitor. He's a hell of an athlete, hell of a shooter. Uh, hell of a player all around, and I think he's going to to turn into an all star in this league. Um, it's just unfortunate that it didn't work out here. He's also a guy who asked out. You know, he he didn't want to be in New York anymore, and that will be part of it. That will be part of his legacy here, at least in New York. You can't really say he had a legacy because he was only here for what two seasons. This one doesn't even really count, and then he got hurt. But um, it's just it, it was. I, I wish it would have extended longer, but when a guy asks out, you, you got to let him go. And he does technically have one all-star to his name, even though he didn't get to play in the game, which was sad last year. Two and a half years Ooh. of hope he gave us. Two and a half years uh, of moments in the garden where he put on scoring performances. He had big shots. He had some big dunks and big blocks. Don't forget about that, but it, it's very tough now to watch him move on to possibly a better scenario than we will have in our backyard in the garden. Oh, not not possibly. Definitely. It's a better scenario. It's Any, a better anything scenario. That, that involves Luka Doncic is a, a better scenario. Absolutely. Unfortunately, I mean, if that yeah. kid can ball, unless, that franchise that knows what they're doing, they're they're in they're in good hands right now. Unless we're talking, these free agents do show up. So I have a question now because you really do hear a very mixed bag of reviews on this trade. Everything from the Knicks got absolutely fleeced to thank God we needed to get rid of this guy anyway. He was not like he was a base. Not, people weren't calling him a cancer, but for lack of a better terms at the moment, people were saying those types of things about him. So how do you have this far of a discrepancy amongst the fan base where you have one fan saying, oh my God, the Knicks got absolutely fleeced. What a horrible trade. We got nothing in return for our franchise player. To another fan saying, this is a great trade. I love it. We need to move on. We have a, a, a future with hopes and possible free agents that could be better than anything we ever had with Porzingis. How in the world do you get such a large discrepancy amongst one fan base? Because we don't know what's going to happen. There's a, a large level of uncertainty, and this is a trade that we won't be able to grade until July 6th when the NBA free agency moratorium is lifted and these players officially put pen to paper. If we, if the Knicks don't get Kevin Durant, they don't get Kawhi Leonard, they don't get Kyrie Irving, they don't get Jimmy Butler— if all these guys end up going to different teams, this was a I – w- I won't say a disaster, but this is – the Knicks have put themselves in a position now where if they don't get a, a franchise-altering championship-caliber talent, then they're just in the mix now, right? Because if you get any one of those – if you get any two of those tier two free agents, uh, your, your team is going to be good, maybe really good, but they're not going to be an elite team. Right. And now you're just having a pretty good team. Now you sacrificed Chris Porzingis and you sacrificed and it depends. It all depends if you get and I could be wrong. You know, you maybe you get Kemba Walker and Tobias Harris and maybe you put 
Kevin Knox and and Zion Williamson on that court with them. And then you got Mitchell Robinson right there. And that five is depending on how good Zion is or depending on whoever that draft pick is. Kemba Walker, Tobias Harris, Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson. That's a that's a pretty good lineup. You know, I'm just not sure that's a, a championship lineup. And I think the only way the Knicks can really turn this thing into a championship roster is by getting Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving. Or maybe maybe Kyrie and Jimmy Butler is the combo. Maybe that's the combo that we just don't know is is what is what is needed. You know, I, I think that if they don't get at least one of those two, Kevin Durant or or, or Kyrie Irving, then this thing has gone south. Um, and that has not, you know, and I'm very high on Kemba Walker. I think he's an amazing player. But the the the, the one thing about his career is he hasn't really won. Yeah. You know, so yeah, now we you're see, getting we a guy who's never won and Charlie. you're putting him in a position in New York where you expect him to win big. He, he doesn't really won. And that's not a knock on him. That's a knock on Charlotte. And then that front officer hasn't done anything for him, you know, but it's it's unfortunate where the Knicks kind of have to get Kyrie and Kevin Durant or at least one of the two. And and if they don't, then Knicks are going to look at this trade like it's, this was terrible. So I think to to get back to your question, you know, this is one of those trades where you can't really form a complete you know, I guess a complete opinion of it until we see what they do with this $75 million in cap space. It could turn into two max free agents plus a, a middle a middle tier guy, or it could turn into them filling out the roster with a bunch of one-year contracts and kicking it down the road to 2020 free agency to maybe try for Anthony Davis. Who knows, right? So right. I guess right. it all it all, it all all depends on how it, how it pans out, man. I don't think we can really jump to any conclusions with this one right now. And that's why fans are fans, and that's why you, Christian Winfield, are an unbiased Big J journalist, my friend. That's a legit, <laughs> <laughs> no, because that's a legit answer, and that is the answer, right? So, like, I have friends texting me, I have people tweeting at me, like, "What are your thoughts?" And uh, we got fleeced. Like, how did this happen? I have other people texting me. I, I love it. This is great. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to kind of play both sides, depending on what they say to me is what I'm going to say back to them. I'm going to let them know what they're not thinking about. And well, exactly what you said, like, there's just nothing to be said that's final until this summer takes place. And that's really right. where what we the are. Knicks did, what the Knicks did was give themselves a chance, yeah. right? And that's all you asked for. So they gave themselves a chance. a chance. And they, they gave themselves multiple chances. They gave themselves 2021 and 2023 draft picks. They, they, they gave themselves Dennis Smith Jr., right, who was a guy who if maybe they don't, maybe if, if they develop him correctly, maybe he's their starting point guard for the next 10 years. Maybe they don't need Kyrie or maybe they get Kevin Durant and Jimmy Butler or Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard or whatever combo it is. You got Dennis Smith Jr. If, if, and them getting him back at least plugs the hole. That That's a question now of, okay, well, do they really, is he going to be the backup point guard? Is he like, how is that going to work? Because we saw when he had his job taken from him in Dallas, that didn't really work out too well. So if you bring in a new point guard, there's so many different, you know, there's so many different layers to how this thing is going to work out. Um, I think we're not going to get any answers until July 1st, unless someone comes out and says they want to go to New York right now, which is, which would be interesting. But um, I think, like I said, the Knicks gave themselves a chance. And um, for, for most fans, that should be enough. But for some who, who might be pessimistic or who see that, you know, a chance sometimes isn't necessarily enough, they're going to have to wait and see what happens until uh, what happens in free agency. That's it. That's what it is. Hopefully, you know, hopefully this episode, Christian Winfield, SB Nation, uh, check him out. Chris Blashed on Twitter. I mean, hopefully this episode that we, we talked about a lot of stuff with the Knicks, the Mavs, this trade, the free agency that's coming up. Hopefully it was a little therapeutic for some people because 
it, it was really easy to be either frustrated, outraged, sad, excited. All these emotions were kind of rushing through me, and I'm sure everybody else as this whole thing was breaking down uh, Thursday afternoon. So hopefully this was therapeutic. It, it helps look at the big picture of things, right? Because that's what you have to do here. You have to look at the big picture. Because uh, looking at it today, the Knicks will be bad for the rest of the season, even though Wes Matthews, I think, is that type of vet who will come out with a ton of pride and play super hard every night and show some of these young guys what it means to be in the league day in, day out, which is a positive. But they're still going to be bad. They're still going to lose. We're still kind of rooting for these losses for that pick. Uh, But big picture-wise, there's a lot of things to continue to wait on. And one thing I've said about Perry and Mills since they took over is that they stuck to this plan. They're not trading draft picks. They're not going for the big free uh, the, the big old veteran free agent splash like Derrick Rose anymore, even though he's obviously turned his career around a little bit. But you get what I'm saying. Uh, this feels a little bit different. This feels like a little bit out of left field. But overall, their plan is still intact, and they're going for it. Whether you like it or not, they do have a plan. And that's something to hang your hat on, if you ask me. I like it. I, I, I like the move to New York. I like I think there's a lot of winners in the draft in New York wins here. Uh, I think Christoph Porzingis wins here because he is he's he's in power now. He can resign there. He's going to be in a position where he can play with somebody for the next ten, maybe fifteen years, depending on how long they stay in the league. And they those they they Porzingis and Luka Doncic. If Porzingis comes back and is healthy and and is taking another step in his game, that's a duo that 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 these guys out west don't want to have to deal with. Um, one guy I'm really happy for is Courtney Lee. Um, he was. It, it was just tough watching him as, as a guy who is a competitor, as a guy who knows he can contribute, have to waste away on the bench. Um, so I'm glad he got up out of there, and I'm glad he's uh, he's in a position where the, the Mavericks are going to want him to play. And I'm um, sure they might end up starting him because he's a guy who can, who can who's done this plenty of times. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they'll start in lineup. Um, Wait, I have a question, yeah, question There are quite a few winners in, that, in, this, in this deal, and um, Porzingis is one of them. Um, the Knicks are one of them. The Mavericks, if they can re-sign uh, – Porzingis is one of them. Um, I, I enjoyed the deal. I think it's just a matter of let's see what happens in the summertime and if the Knicks do what they should do or if, if the things go their way. Like, it's nothing that they can do other than sell these top guys on coming. By the end of the day, it's going to be someone else's decision. It's not like the Knicks can press a big red button and be like, okay, we want him and we want him, and then they're on the roster. Like, if it was that easy, everyone would be a champion, right? But that's not how it works. So, yeah, you got to wait it out and, and let the chips fall where they may. We saved 2K for the fans. <laughs> That's right, 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 right. Uh, what happens with Enos Cantor now? Because, like, I think Knicks fans are getting a little sick of his antics. I know I know. I personally am a little tired of it. Granted, like, he's probably the best player on the Knicks currently. But that doesn't mm. mean anything. Like, that's not much of a compliment. And all he's doing is really creating headlines that don't need to be there. Like, what happens with Cantor now? Uh, if there was a team that wanted him, he'd be there already. Right. Um, I th- there might be some some teams that are reaching out. Maybe he gets dealt right before the trade deadline. That number on his contract, I think he's due eighteen point one million or so this year. Uh, I might be I might be a little higher, a little low on that number. I might be a little high on that. No, might think, be seventeen. I think, that, I think that's right. Eighteen. Um, yeah. Um, Nobody wants that. No one's no one's giving up space. I think uh, Charles Barkley, whose whose face is on TV right now, he said that the Kings would be a, a lock for the playoffs if they traded for Ennis Cantor. I would I would kind of enjoy that, but I'm I'm not necessarily sure how that works. That's a that's a team that likes to run. Um, you know, I I would like to see Ennis Cantor happy, and he'd be happy playing for a team that wants to win. Um, his position though is just not. You know, he's he's a, a inside scorer. 
and rebounder and teams are, are are shooting threes and layups and he's not necessarily a three-point shooter he's not a rim protector he's not a defender by any means um so it's tough to find a spot for him and he wants to play for a winner we know that he wants to win he's a competitor you can give him that 100 but um it's just a matter of finding a, a spot for him. maybe sacramento is one because they have a, a lot of cap space and he's also an expiring contract so if the knicks are trading him they're not going to want to take back you know, a player with multiple years left on his salary. So it's a, it's a tough situation. I don't see them buying him out because that's a lot of money to pay up front unless he's willing to take a pay cut. And then they don't want to stretch his contract because you're already paying Joe Keeb Noah $6.5 million for the next three years after this one. Um, so I can't see them adding another set of dead weight on there. But I don't know. I, I hope that situation gets resolved because that's a guy I, I think that the NBA is better when Addis Kander is on the floor playing. That's yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I'd much rather him make headlines for doing stuff on the court than saying crazy right. stuff off of the court. And honestly, you know, Cantor to Sacramento feels like the right fit. It's just Cantor for, for uh, Zebo for Zach Randolph, straight up. He's not even playing this year. If it works, the contracts make it work. Just do it. It's just, they're both expiring. Send Cantor to Sacramento. Make him happy. We get him out of our hair. Make Fisdale's life easier. It, it makes sense for me. <laughs> but also, I'm trying to think of another team that would make sense, but it's just a matter of a lot of these teams. If they're going to trade for for NS Canner, they're not they're they're not going to want to give up another expiring contract. They're not going to have an expiring contract of that's 18 million to to give up. So there's not very many many potential homes for them from that respect. Because if you're the Knicks, you're not doing anything to mess with your cap space next summer. Yep. That's not going down. That's all we got. So. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like I was thinking, okay, maybe you send them to Charlotte, but Charlotte's cap sheet is, is is terrible. Miami's cap sheet is also terrible. Um, there's not very many many homes I could see for him. Um, maybe San Antonio. If San Antonio has a couple expiring contracts they could put together, that might that might help them, but not necessarily. I don't know. It's it's tough to find a spot for him. Well, De- it, it really is. Devin Booker said it best: pick and roll a double zero every time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know who really wants this guy, unfortunately. Uh, but Christian, I wanna I wanna uh, keep you just for another bit or two, if you got a moment. And also, in regards to all this stuff we just talked about, when it comes to the numbers, the possible free agents out there, check out Christian's article on SBNation.com. Uh, but we we got all star, all them, all the reserves were announced, right? So let's talk about mm-hmm. this for a quick minute here. So in the West, we obviously knew Braun, Durant. Paul George, Steph, and James Harden. Those were the starters. But the reserves that were announced, tell me any gripes that you have that this guy shouldn't have made it and who maybe should have got in ahead of him. Let's do a quick snub session here. We got Nikola Jokic. Uh, yeah. Jokic. Uh, no, you can, you can run through him. Oh, yeah, let me just run through him just in case the listener doesn't know him off the top of their head. We got Jokic, Anthony Davis, LaMarcus Aldridge, Dame Lillard, Clay Thompson, Carlton Towns, and Russell Westbrook. Any gripes there? Um... Clay Thompson is one for me. Um, I think that he, you know, he he got hot recently, but he has not been having an all-star type of season. I think he just got in just because it's a reputation pick. Obviously, yes, he's one of the best shooters that ever touched the planet. Obviously, he's a two-way player. He plays both ends of the floor. He's Clay Thompson, likable guy. He plays for the best team in the NBA. Um, clearly, they should have more than two all-stars, and they, they get Clay Thompson. But I think there's guys that are having better seasons than him uh, or you know, that are having more important seasons for their teams than, than Clay Thompson is having. Um, and you know, I, I thought Tobias Harris deserved an all-star nod. Uh, I would have liked to personally have seen Luka Doncic in the all-star game just because of the fantastic season he's having this year, though I understand that it's not every day that you get a rookie in there. Um, I get it, but there's obviously – you can see that this kid is going to be special. You can see some of the shots he's taking and he's making. It's just like, no, nah, this isn't your average uh, your average 19-year-old rookie. 
yards or 18 yards, however old this guy is. It's, it doesn't make any sense. So um, um, I, I thought I would have enjoyed to see him in there. Um, other than that, I think they, they got him pretty much right. Um, there was nobody that I was really uh, upset to not see not make it. Uh, I think Tobias would have been a nice add. I'm trying to trying to go through the rest of the I West think, and see. I if think Gobert Go would have been pretty fair as well. I mean, yeah, he kind of had, had a weird start. Those. The Jazz had a weird start in general, but the two of them, I think Gobert is probably more likely than Donovan to get the nod. I could have seen him in there because, you know, the defense doesn't really get the love in the All-Star game, which I kind of get. But you also, you know, just for the love of the game, for the uh, credibility of the game, you kind of want those guys to be noticed too. Yeah, I feel that. I, I, I have mixed mixed feelings for Carl Anthony Towns just because sometimes, you know, he, he puts up a lot of big numbers, but they, they can be considered empty because of the way that the Timberwolves play. And you see how he gets those buckets and there's not really – winning plays or just okay he's getting these numbers but he is a talented guy um so i'm happy for him to make another all-star game um i think donovan mitchell donovan mitchell averaged 27.7 points this month on like 45 percent shooting from the field and like 41 percent shooting from three uh really ridiculous numbers um and they're 11 and four i believe this month while he's playing that way so um i think i would have gone for an all-star this year just because guards are more electrifying than, than bigs to be honest i would have gone down to the mitchell you know the the all-star game is a fan game you want to put on a show and rudy gobert is not crossing anybody over he's only <laughs> going to be the beneficiary of, of alley-oop dunks and, and shot blocks and i'd rather see donovan mitchell in that game um but i guess yes the jazz did deserve an all-star um, the Clippers, they started out hot and they kind of fell off a little bit. Uh, Tobias Harris would have been nice to see him in there. Um, one guy I'm very happy to see made it in there was LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, I watched him go for 50 that night against, uh, against uh, who was that, OKC. And Steve was giving Stephen Adams problems. And I was very happy to see him get the, the, the credit he deserves because he he's, he's giving boys hell this year. So he's, he's having a great year. Absolutely. And let's hop over to the East real quick. Starters, Giannis, uh, Kyrie. You know where I'm going now, East, man. I know where Russell, you're going. He got played. I know where you're going. I know where you're going. I might, I, we got something to talk about with that. But let me, let me just go through super quick. We'll, we'll touch on that. So we got Giannis, Kyrie, Kawhi, Embiid, and Kemba, also one of your boys, as the starters. Yes. And then the reserves were announced. We got Ben Simmons, Bradley Beal, Chris Middleton. Nikola Vucevic, Blake Griffin, Kyle Lowry, and Oladipo. So your boy, before I, before I give you the floor here, which I'll give it to you in a second, your boy has a chance. D'Angelo Russell can easily replace Victor Oladipo. The reports are that him and Jimmy Butler are the two most likely candidates to take that last spot. But the floor is yours. Make your case for D'Angelo Russell, the All-Star. I mean, it should be as simple as I don't think the 76 has deserved three All-Stars this year. You know, I, I just don't. Um, and you look at the season D'Angelo Russell is having, um, it's amazing. He, we're watching human growth right before our eyes. We're watching a guy who got sent away by Magic Johnson for not being a leader turn around and be leading this Brooklyn Nets team to a, a playoff berth. And, you know, Karis LeVert goes down, and it looks like this season is a wash, and these guys rally around him. At first, it's Spencer Dinwiddie going on, on a roll. Now it's D'Angelo Russell. And at first, you could have said, okay, no, this is just a hot streak. This is more than a hot streak. This is He's playing this type of basketball, and it's been consistent for a very long time this season now. Um, and he's in the driver's seat now. This is he, You're talking about a guy who was in a contract year who is playing the best basketball of his career. Um, he is in line for a, a pretty sizable pay raise. I'm not sure he's going to get that rookie scale. Wow, what is that? Four years, five years, 135? Yeah, well, um, it's a lot. Like it's a lot of but like 24 yeah, yeah, he probably shouldn't yeah. get that. It's crazy, but he's putting himself in a in a wild position now to make a, a really, really 
good amount of money. And what's interesting about that is these teams uh, in the small markets, a lot of fans complain like, you know, we don't get the free agents or whatever, but the NBA has taken these steps to help small markets keep their big talent, right? But it's actually it comes back to bite them sometimes when they put uh, a deal in front of somebody that maybe doesn't deserve that full max. It's going to be interesting with the Nets, how they handle D'Angelo Russell. Because if he plays like this, it's going to be so hard for him to not get paid uh, that rookie max you're talking about. But realistically, he's probably not a guy you want to give that much money to when you're trying to build like a real winner. So the Nets, however they're going to handle this, especially, you know, they extended Dinwiddie. They have some space to sign free agents. Like, Oh, it, it's it's tough to really break down how they should pay Russell because realistically they shouldn't give him twenty five, but he might deserve it when you look around the league. It's tough. Um, what's also tough is that he has a cap hold for twenty one million dollars, and that eats directly into the next cap space. And for them to go out and get, and they just gave Spencer Dinwiddie a deal. They just gave him what was it, three years, thirty five million. Yeah, great deal, great value for a great player, great guy. I love, Spencer. love Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, but this whole deal with, with D'Angelo Russell, it's, I think that the fair number here is four years, 80 million. Even that's a lot of money, but I think that's fair if he continues his progression, right? Like if you see where he's come this year and he continues to develop, it's just a matter of, okay, well, where does he go from here? Right. Some of his, uh, some of his shortcomings, they're not necessarily fixable. He's not like a quick guard. He has issues getting around defenders a lot of the time. Um, he competes, he tries to play defense, but he's not like a natural born defender. He's not quick. Can't really guard the quicker guards. Can't guard really the bigger guards. He's just tough. Um, and then he has moments where he goes cold. He hasn't gone cold. He hasn't gone cold. It seems for a little while, but when he does go cold, it's ugly. Um, and also, you know, that it's, it's no secret. The next best, the next two best players play the same position. And a lot of times Kenny is going with one of them over the other one in crunch time. Either it's D'Angelo Russell on the floor. Or Spencer Dinwiddie on the floor. Oftentimes he doesn't play both of them. And can you really have two your two best players and one of them? Can you really not have them on the court at the same time? It's really interesting. And then you have Karis LeVert coming back and how that dynamic is going to work when Karis comes back. I think he's going to come back sometime after the All Star break, which is amazing when you see that that uh, that injury. Had. It was pretty oh tough. But um, for D'Angelo, I think it's more so finding a number that keeps him in Brooklyn, but doesn't inhibit their ability to sign a max free agent. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think D'Angelo has all the leverage right now. The way he's playing, he's going to get a market. There's going to be a market for him. Do the Nets trade him? I don't think so. I don't think they can trade him now, but it's I mean, going to be yeah, tough. They're going to be a playoff tough. team. Like They can't get rid of him. They're, they're sellers. I mean, they're buyers. They're not sellers right now. they got to add and make this right team now. a playoff team, 100%. Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see how this goes for them in the summertime. Absolutely. Oh, man, there's so many things that's going to happen. And in the middle of baseball season – I know I'll be locked in to NBA free agency, NBA draft. I mean, that's another thing. The NBA draft's going to be wild. Obviously, we have Zion, but these other guys are going to start getting the hype. Jean Morant, like you mentioned, RJ, Cam Reddish, Nasir Little. There's a lot of guys out there. It's going to be electric when it comes to NBA offseason, as it usually is. There's going to be a lot of guys trying to trade up because once you get after pick six or seven, there's a real drop-off in that talent. Because first you got Zion Williamson, who's in the class of his own. Then you got the next three or four guys, right? Because who's that? Who's that? So John Morant, Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, Nazir Little. Um, I think isn't Ball Ball coming out this year too? Well, he's he's he got, got a, he had a bad guys. injury, so who knows? He might drop. Uh, I think Romeo Langford's in that conversation. Mm, but after those 
names that you recognize, there's a big drop off. So that's about top seven or so picks, top eight picks after that. I don't know any other guys that are going to be mid first round, but I guess there's always a sleepers like Donovan Mitchell went 13, Jimmy Butler went what 30th. A lot of guys end up going later than you think. So absolutely, it'd be like any other year. Absolutely. In that. Like, All right, Christian Winfield, SB Nation. I would, I, I could keep talking on this, but we got, we can do more pods in the future. We'll talk more about your career, more about your stuff you do at SB Nation and whatnot. But obviously, today we had. Uh, a pretty big topic to get to in that Porzingis trade. And uh, real quick, though, before we do say goodbye, give me a little prediction for uh, for Super Bowl Sunday. Mm, How about just a quick um, one? Just a quick one. I don't want to, you know, just a quickie. I got you. I'm going. Uh, I'm going Rams thirty-five, Patriots thirty-two. Uh, field pick for the Rams wins it. Greg the, the buzzer. Leg. Greg the leg Zorline for the win. I I, I hear that. That's my- that's my new favorite kicker in the world. He's a it used to be the um, it used to be the Jets kicker, but he missed the field goal, I believe, in the uh, Pro Bowl. So after that, it's, <laughs> nah, you gotta get up out of here, man. Shouts to you for watching the Pro Bowl, though. Hey, man, <laughs> Jamal Adams here to play. I knew he was gonna win Pro Bowl MVP, and he did it. So that's true. That's my guy. I'm getting his jersey. I love that. Yeah, and you all got a quarterback. I'm a Giants fan out here, not knowing what the hell's gonna happen with our franchise. But I'm proud. I'm, I'm proud of the Jets. Sam Darnold, man, I like him. I'm, I'm happy for you guys. Hey, man. Saquon Barkley. I love Saquon um, too. I only, do. Saquon and OBJ are the only Giants players that I like. Fair enough. Everybody else. There ain't really anybody else to like, honestly. Landon Collins, sure. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going with you though. I'll put it on wax as well. I'm going Rams win. Close game. Win last last oh, couple minutes. I think I think it's going down in that direction. Uh but without further ado, Christian Winfield at Chris Splash on Twitter uh and Instagram as well. Hit him up there. Follow his stuff on SBNation.com. Christian, it was an absolute blast. Hopefully we do this again in the future. Maybe uh, when some more trades drop or in the future, we could circle back on how this trade turns up once these free agents start signing Pence paper. 100%. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, put D'Angelo Russell in the All-Star game. It's going down. Let's get it. I'm proud. Oh, I was actually, you know what? I was working that game at WFAN. Uh, we had the Nets broadcast on there. I was doing that Nets game in the studio and uh, you hear you hear the radio broadcast before you see it on TV in the studio. So I hear the announcer say it, and I'm just like, "Oh no, I got to look up and see this." And this, uh, it was brutal. <laughs> but for him to be coming back sooner than we all thought is absolutely fantastic. Shouts to Karis Levert. He he's a he's a true ball player as well. And shouts to Christian Winfield. Thank you all for listening to the SBNY podcast for Christian Winfield. I'm Pete Kennedy. Y'all have a good day. Thanks for having me. <laughs>